This is the Christian Circle podcast and you're listening to Pamela Fernandez where we have conversations about Christian living. Here's the show. Good evening. Today we're recording a new episode of the Christian Circle podcast and we have a new guest, Becky Eldridge, um, who is the author of um, the book Busy Lives and Restless Souls. And she's going to talk to us about prayer in the month of January since... Um, during Advent, a lot of people get on the prayer wagon and then fall off by Jan. So, Becky Eldridge, before we uh, start off with our topic on prayer, tell us a little bit about yourself and your ministry. Sure. Well, thank you, first of all, Pam, for having me on, and, and I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so my name is Becky. I live down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm a, I've been married almost 17 years to my husband, Chris, and we have three children, Um, Brady, Abby, and Mary, who are currently 12, 10, and 5, about to be 13, 10, and 6. But um, that's my kind of personal life. And on the professional side, um, I'm I'm a a professional in ministry. And I do spiritual direction. I'm an Ignatian-trained spiritual director where I meet with people um, once a month, one-on-one, to just simply talk and listen to them, to hear a little bit more about their relationship with God and what's been stirring in their prayer life and just kind of help them listen to God's movements in their life. And then I also do retreat work. I've done retreat ministry for about 20 years with adults. And the retreat work is simply really about giving people time away. Um, Just like Jesus kind of took time away to have a little bit more quiet with, with God and, um, so I do retreats, multiple retreats a year, and then I'm also um, an author of a book called Busy Lives, Restless Souls, and I have a second book coming out on April 13th called The Inner Chapel, um, Embracing the Promises of God. So those are, those are all the things. My real passion is simply about helping people grow deeper in their relationship with God, really within the reality of life. And the reality of life is that we all know that prayer is very central to our relationship with, with God and it deepens our relationship with God. But despite knowing all these things, why is it that prayer takes such a backseat in our life? Gosh, yes. That's the question I think we all want to know, right? <laughs> um, and, and you're right. It's, we do know the value of prayer. I think, you know, working with people and walking with people, I rarely feel that I have to convince people of the value of prayer. Um, so much of the accompaniment I do with people is, is really just helping people find the time for it. And, and I think the truth is that our world has changed a lot. Um, really, I, I kind of always go back to the year of 2007 when the invention of the iPhone came out and that began this shift of the way we go about work and life and interacting with people and so I think what's happening and has happened over the last several years is we're we're busier than we've ever been, and we're very distracted. Um, and you know, I've read a lot of research and things on this that you know just kind of point to um, what what the impact of technology is doing for us, and and how it even ends up spilling over into our spiritual lives. And you know, for instance, um, I read this recent article. It was a um, a study done out of Harvard that said the average person gets 121 emails a day. 
Mm-hmm. And that every time we get an email, it takes us um, 12 minutes to refocus back mm-hmm. on what we were doing. And that doesn't even count, you know, the text messages, like all the little notifications we get through social media or, you know, like group messaging apps. And so what I think is really happening is it's, it's really impacting our brains. Like we're having a really hard time being still. And so I think when we're talking about prayer, you know, prayer, which, you know, the kind of a premise of prayer is that we're slowing down to be silent, to be still. Um, it's, it's difficult for us to do that, you know, because we are always on the go right now. Um, and so I find that that is one of the big, the big things that keeps us from praying. And I think the second big thing that I notice is a, just a lot of, of, of us really um, not knowing how to pray, you know, and so, so often when people come in and, and are wanting to meet for spiritual direction, that's one of the first questions. They say, you know, I know how to read about God and kind of study about God, but I don't really know how to deeply get to know God on a personal level. And, and I think that, you know, it's something that, um, it just, it takes another person walking with us and showing us here's the way you can make time for prayer in daily life. And here are some tools that can support you as you pause, you know, and, and be still and be quiet to be with God and, and not just know about God, but really get to know God and get to know Jesus on a very personal level. And I'm glad you mentioned being busy because last uh, in our last episode, we had uh, Jessica, she's a cantor, and she said um, the word busy stands for being under Satan's yoke. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> and, yeah. And I thought, wow, that, that really hit me because we're, we're obviously very, very busy. We're busy doing church activities. We're busy in ministry. We're just busy all the time finding things to do but pray. And she mentioned also saying that, you know, you can, if you're doing laundry, you can pray for the person that you're doing holding yeah. for. But I want to ask you, what are some other practical ways we can find more time to pray in our day? Sure. Yeah, oh, I love, I'm gonna remember that acronym for busy. <laughs> such a such a great acronym. Um, but I mean, and how true it is. We're so busy that it it can keep us from making time for the most important relationship in our life. You know, and when I what I always suggest to people if they're really looking to grow deeper in their relationship with God, I invite them to add what I call a fun, a foundational prayer time. In their day, and it's the three elements. I always invite people to consider, you know, when they're looking at is when can be your time of prayer, where can be your place of prayer, and how do you make it a sacred space? And you know, I think the way we are built, God uses the way we're built first of all to help us kind of find our time of prayer. And what we want to look for is in our day, where is it naturally easy for us to show up and to kind of have a space that we can be still and be quiet. Um, And so for some people, you know, when you think about talking to just people in our lives, we'll, we'll hear that some are naturally night owls. Some love them early morning. Um, You know, some people you'll hear kind of take this natural pause sometime in the middle of their day. And that's where I invite people to place 
a daily prayer time. Um, so if you're, if you're one that likes to get up early in the morning and kind of have a cup of coffee or drink a cup of tea, um, to simply allow that, that normal routine that you already have in place to just be part of, become part of your prayer routine. Um, or maybe it's, you know, praying at night. Um, and then I think just within the reality of life, it's looking for sometimes some real creativity. Um, just using some very real examples of people I've walked with. I've, I've, you know, just kind of walked with people who have found their prayer time to be maybe while they're sitting in a carpool line, or perhaps it's um, when they, they're taking a bath. Um, one of my closest friends, her, her daily prayer time and like the quiet that she can get to be with God mm-hmm. that's uninterrupted is when she's soaking in the bathtub and, um, you know, so that's becoming, and then, you know, sometimes it might be people who find us, they have a place in the middle of their work day, like a time in the middle of their work day where um, maybe it's at a lunch break or um, there's a, a regular meeting or something that they can um, kind of honor this prayer time afterwards. So, so I always invite people to be real honest about looking at their calendar and going, where is there actually, actually some built-in regularity of, of a break, um, especially in like when we're not doing busy work and stuff. Um, carpool, um, sitting, waiting for kids sometimes when at practices. Mm-hmm. So all those can be a time of prayer, you know, and then the place kind of often comes with the time. And it's what is the place that you can regularly show up to um, at a set time? And, um, and then how can you make it just a simple sacred space. And, and what I mean by that is, can you bring special items near where your place is going to be that just help your mind and body and your spirit know what you're showing up for? And, you know, just like any routine or anything that we're doing with our prayer lives, what, I, what we find is when we don't have to think about when we're going to pray and where we're going to pray and do I have all my prayer materials by me? (laughs) If that's already set, then it helps our bodies and our mind and and our spirit know what we're doing. You know, so for instance, my time of prayer right now is at 530 in the morning. Um, I I like to get up early. It's when, you know, it's quiet in my house. (laughs) I don't have the three kids aren't awake yet. And I have one chair that I like to sit in, you know, and it's not a fancy prayer place. Um, the, the way I make it a sacred space, like I have a cross next to my chair. I have a little plaque that says, be still and know that I'm God. I have a picture of my family and then I have whatever prayer material um, I'm using in my, in, in my prayer time. And what's great is when I come to sit in that chair, I just, it's like become just this routine that I immediately like can start feeling myself pausing and going deeper so that I can, um, you know, make that time for God. And so I think all of us can do this, you know, and, and it might just start with us taking 10 minutes or so. Um, and then over time, as we keep coming to that and kind of build this routine of a set time, a set place and entering that sacred space within our life, then we may find that God grows that prayer time um, to be, you know, 20 minutes and then 30 minutes. And then some, I mean, sometimes I've watched God grow it to an hour, (laughs) you know, Um, but there's a beauty in the routine of it, you know, in the discipline of it, that 
that allows us um, to just know it's coming. And I think, again, when we think about how busy we all are and how loud and noisy our life is right now um, and how we're so interconnected, it's like giving ourselves that time to really just shut our brains off and really let the work of the heart and our spirit, you know, our spiritual lives um, get tended to, I think is really vital for our health right now. So one thing is where we um, find more time to pray. And then the other side is where St. Paul talks about us praying without ceasing. There's being constantly in the state of prayerfulness. Yes. Uh, how do we increase this, this awareness that we should always be praying, that, that we should be prayerful all the time, that we become aware of God's presence? How do we do this, the other side of it? The other side, yeah, and I love that you said that because it is. It's like there's the intentional daily, you know, kind of foundational prayer time, and then there's that praying all throughout the day. And um, that type of prayer that I is the name that I call it is the prayer of consideration. And what the prayer of consideration is, um, and it kind of it comes out of the Ignatian tradition of Saint Ignatius of Loyola, who's, you know, the big spirituality or one of the key elements of the Ignatian spirituality is finding God in all things. Mm-hmm. And um, this prayer tool, the prayer of consideration, really all that prayer is is about throughout our day, pausing turning our mind and heart to God and talking to God about the very thing that's in front of us or the very person that's in front of us. And so um, I know you mentioned that somebody shared, you know, when they're folding laundry and for instance, like praying for the person (laughs) that you're, whose laundry it is. Um, Or it might be as you're going through your day and you see something beautiful in God's creation, you know, a flower, a tree, a bird, a sunset, a sunrise, And pausing and turning your mind and heart to God. And and maybe it's just a thank you, God. Look at this. Wow. (laughs) A praise moment, you know. Um, Or it might be about a person that we encountered, you know, maybe a child, maybe an adult, whoever it is. But it's like after we've had that interaction or maybe even while we're in the middle of interacting with them, um, having this encounter with the other that we can, again, pause, turn our hearts and mind to God and just invite God into it, you know, invite God into the interaction, or maybe it's offering a prayer for the other person that's in front of us, um, asking God to give us the words or the ears to listen, um, or just the eyes to see what God sees, um, that we can do that throughout our day. And then especially after the encounter has happened, again, to just pause and, you know, go, God, what happened here? You know, what did I learn about you, about myself, about the other person or the way that you, that God relates to people? What happened in this moment? You know, so that prayer of consideration, I think is so powerful because it helps grow our awareness of how God is everywhere. Um, And God is using, you know, creation, God is using people, um, our work, you know, where we spend so much of our weeks. Um, and it's such the place that God is inviting us to put our God-given gifts and talents into practice. Um, be it like, you know, like whether it's a doctor or in the, like for me in the ministry field or a teacher or, um, you know, someone working at a store, like whatever it is that God is giving Uh, so many chances to put our gifts and talents to use. And we can even include God 
and turn to God as we work, you know, thanking God for the gift of work, the gift of providing um, resources for, for living, for food, for clothing, for shelter. Um, and we can ask God, you know, of, to be part of decisions we're making at work or um, an encounter, you know, encounters with colleagues. So I love St. Teresa of Avila, um, mm -hmm. who says, you know, there, she invites her sisters to pray all the time. Mm -hmm. And then she says, but at some point, God is going to invite us to move from praying in addition to all the time to intentionally showing up for that prayer time every day. And, and, you know, I think that, that even though she was addressing religious, <laughs> her sisters, I think as, as lay people for sure that we can, that wisdom is the same for us, that we can pray throughout the day and then also give God that just the supremacy that he, that God is in our life of, of, having an intentional time each day with him. And uh, I'm glad you mentioned St. Uh, Teresa Favilla because we, we did um, uh, an episode on her before on her very complicated book. <laughs> <where, laughs> I, I love her. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the thing is, well, uh, another saint that, that actually took her name, I think was Mother Teresa and, and she and along with St. Paul and many other saints have talked about having a spiritual dryness in yeah. your life. And uh, this occasionally happens um, so what do you do? What do we do when we have this spiritual dryness, when somehow we fail to connect or we fail to feel the, feel God's presence? What do we do then? Yeah. And gosh, it's such an important topic because I think as we continue on our journey of faith, there's a good chance we will run into a season of dryness, you know? And, um, and I know St. Ignatius of Loyola also has um, lots to say about it. And so I just want to kind of pick on some of his or share some of his wisdom that he gives from the, his discernment of spirits, like mm -hmm. his rules of discernment. And, and they echo, um, I think what we would read St. Teresa say, or, or what mother Teresa modeled for us. But number one, um, St. Ignatius would say is don't stop praying. <laughs> number one is to keep showing up. Um, and it's really, it's a, it's a, it's a challenge, right? I've lived through seasons of dryness before and, you know, it's, it's hard when you're not feeling, having that feeling of God's presence, or maybe there's not even insights or anything coming, you know, but the number one thing is to keep showing up in prayer, right? And I think Mother Teresa did that as we learned after her death for decades of her life, that she never stopped praying. Mm -hmm. Um, the second thing I, I invite people to when, when they're kind of walking through a season of dryness is to begin um, a litany of gratitude yeah. of kind of at the end of the day, um, looking back through the day, asking God to show it to us and, and really look for where were the fruits, where, where did I possibly can name the fruits of my prayer and the, the fruits of my relationship with God? And write them down, you know, or, or just say them, like, thank you, God, for. Um, and, and I think that is something that will continue to help encourage us. Um, and the third thing, and really this probably should be the automatic first thing is what I should have said. I'm kind of going backwards, but <laughs> very honestly talk to God about it. To talk to God about what we are experiencing, you know, um, ask the Holy Spirit, like St. Paul says in his letters, to to intercede on our behalf, you know, to pray for us in the ways that we don't even know we need prayer. 
you know? So turning to God and steady showing up. And then I think to continue to, to practice that attitude of gratitude, you know, to keep thanking God for the gifts that are in your life. And just trust that even though we can't feel God, um, that God is there. And I think that that practice of gratitude and thanking God through like a litany of praise or, you know, a litany of thanks, um, it it allows us to keep building our trust that God is there. You know, when we can kind of see, okay, I'm still noticing the fruits of the Holy Spirit in my life. You know, I still see peace. I still maybe feel patience. Um, I feel generosity or experience generosity, joy, love, um, you know, that maybe you can still see the works um, that God's calling to you bearing fruit in, in others. Um, and I think those are important things to force to not lose that hope. Um, Cause I think the worst thing for us to do in a season of dryness is to completely turn away and stop and stop praying. <laughs> That's what can really, um, pull us into what St. Ignatius would call a season of desolation, um, which is different than dryness. You know, desolation is where we can really feel this like decrease of faith and hope and love and um, can really feel um, away from God completely. That sounds much worse than dryness. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, because it can really, desolation is Mm -hmm. really where St. Ignatius would name the evil spirit as a foot, you know, and Mm -hmm. It's when we can feel utter hopelessness, um, despair. We can feel real bad anxiety, um, doubt, you know, and, and it can really, I'm, it's just such a funny word, but I always say it can make us feel really wonky. <laughs> like it can really make us feel off, you know, and, and dryness, um, having experienced both personally in my life, again, like dryness and, you know, kind of the swings of desolation, consolation are just almost a natural part of our prayer life. You know, we're going to have these swings where we really feel the Holy spirit. And then there's going to be a thwart of the evil spirit at times trying to keep us off the path, you know, Mm -hmm. but dryness is, um, it's a different feeling. Um, it's almost like feeling like nothing is happening. Um, I I call it the quiet nothingness Mm -hmm. is the way I name it. When dryness hits, there's not really swings of consolation or desolation happening. It's just, you're kind of going, okay, God, are you even there? Do you Mm -hmm. hear me? And, um, you know, and there, I mean, and some of that can be mirrored, I know in a season of desolation, but, um, typically with desolation, it will move and swing back to consolation, you know, where dryness is just, it really feels like a desert. It feels like you're out there and, you're showing up and you're just going, okay, God, <laughs> in faithfulness, I'm coming and I'm here and I'm trusting that you're here. And um, God does profound things for us in long seasons of dryness. Since you're a spiritual director of Ignatian Spirituality, my own spiritual director is also an Ignatian. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's, he's, I think, over 78 right now. So I love that. <laughs> yeah. But Would you encourage somebody, because I've been encouraged to do the daily exam and I find it hard to do, even though it's a very small three minute prayer, but would you encourage people to do the daily exam and what is it? Yes. I love, I almost talked about the exam earlier, but then I went to prayer of consideration. (laughs) So I'm glad you brought it up. And I was like, I don't want to overwhelm people with all of it. But um, yeah, the exam is such an amazing prayer tool. Um, And I think what the exam does 
it, 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 it kind of takes that prayer consideration and it, it, it does it at the, at some one point in the day and looking back over a 24 hour period. So that's really what the exam is. It's this 500 year old prayer tool that is credited to St. Ignatius of Loyola. And it's simply asking God to show us our last 24 hours as God saw it. And St. Ignatius would ask his brother priests, his brother Jesuits, to pray the prayer twice a day. And often when I'm working with people, especially lay people like myself, I, I invite people to do it once a day, um, maybe in the morning, maybe at the end of the day. But it's simply the five steps of the examiner. Number one, you invite God to show you your day as God saw it. The second step is you look back, you say, you know, I normally say, God, let's look back over um, this past 24 hours and please show me what I'm thankful for. Show me the gifts of my life. Um, and again, like we, we were talking about earlier, just increasing our gratitude for all the ways God is bestowing blessing and graces and gifts upon us is, is just, it increases our faith so much, you know? <laughs> so God, number one, show me the day as you saw it. Number two, Let's look back together over the last 24 hours and name the gifts of my life. And I'm going to offer thanks to God. Third step is looking back again over the same last 24 hours and inviting God to show us what St. Ignatius would call moments of consolation. Um, and that would be when I am teaching somebody examine, I say, look back and ask God to show you where did you feel an increase of one of the virtues, you know, faith, hope, or love. Or where did you really encounter one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit? You know, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, love, joy, um, wisdom, self-control. I think I probably left a couple of them out. <laughs> um, but we're looking for, you know, when did I experience those? And I, and, and I invite people, you know, to say, what were you doing and who were you with when you experienced that, right? And then the fourth step is looking back again one more time um, through the last 24 hours and, and asking God to show us the moments of desolation. Mm -hmm. um, so that would be, you know, where did I feel away from God? Where did I fall short today? Where, where did I do something or did I experience something that decreased my faith, my hope, or my ability to love? Um, and where, where did I feel the opposite of the fruits of the Holy Spirit? You know, so like instead of feeling peace, where was I anxious? Um, instead of feeling generous, where was I envious? <laughs> you know, instead of joy, where was I feeling, you know, anger or sorrow? And then the last step of the examine, step five, is looking from the present moment to the upcoming 24 hours, um, again, and, and, and just praying the upcoming day and asking God for the grace we need for the day ahead, you know, and I always say, God, in light of what you showed me, I'm thankful for where I felt consolation today, where I experienced desolation, you know, just kind of help me to do better these next, this next day. Um, and that it is a powerful, powerful prayer, um, to pray it daily. Um, and, it, and again, it would be a great prayer in the season of dry, in a season of dryness to pray. Um, it increases, our awareness that God is with us. It, um, I always tell people it helps me feel like I live awake. <laughs> um, I was just teaching a, a parish recently, just two days ago and about the examine. And there was a, a woman that came that at the end of the presentation raised her hand and said, I just um, read about the examine in your book. 
and I started praying it 17 days ago. And she said, what I have learned is my life is a lot more meaningful than I realized. Mm. And I think that that's the power to, of the examine is to pray it and just really realize how much God is with us. And we're not alone as we go through our day. And that when we experience these little moments of hope or joy, that it is a unique touch of God in our life. Um, and then also to be very honest with ourselves and realize, you know, we do fall short. We do sin. We say things we shouldn't. We do things we shouldn't. Sometimes it's, we should have, maybe God was really calling us to speak or act and we didn't. Um, and to really, you know, acknowledge that and, and ask God for forgiveness. Um, and, and also to acknowledge, the sorrow of the world and of others around us that other people are experiencing. So it is an amazing prayer. And if, um, if anybody was going to start really praying an intentional daily prayer time, it's often one of the first prayers I'd like people to give it a try. You know, it's like, see if the exam will work, <laughs> you know, and, and, or maybe scripture, you could pray with scripture too, you know, but um, the exam really, I think, especially for busy, for busy people, um, can really slow us down and be mindful of how much God has been part of our lives that day. Thank you so much, Becky, for sharing so much about prayer and um, Ignatian spirituality with us. Uh, well, that was, yeah, that was really nice. And uh, if people want to get in touch with you, if they want to write to you, uh, if they want to find you online, where can they find you? Sure. Um, and thank you so much for having me on. I'm, I get so excited. Talk, talk with other people who get so excited about this. But um, people can find me on my website. I have a website. It's BeckyEldridge.com, B-E-C-K-Y-E-L-D-R-E-D-G-E.com. Um, and from there, you'll be able to find, um, I have a weekly blog. Um, it'll link you to my social media. I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Those are the main two. Um, and, you know, th there'll be all kinds of resources and things for prayer. That's um, a lot of what's on my website are resources and some online retreat offerings um, that people can make in daily life. Um, they're, they're, they're written for the busy person in mind. <laughs> um, and you'll also, from there, can find um, links to my two books, um, Busy Lives, Restless Souls, and my new one, which, like I said at the beginning, The Inner Chapel, um, which is a deeper dive into prayer, um, especially contemplative prayer, and how we can what we discover as we, like you said, make time for what we know um, we value. So thank you for having me. 